own Bible, friends of the pod. <laughs> we are terraforming three worlds of scripture. Your sad days are gone, dear listener. We are going to make the Bible exciting. But before we go the extra mile, let's welcome in our favorite co-hosts turning the other cheek and their backs on Captain America. Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. <laughs> Good, Good day. day. Look, How are you? Look, Iron Man was right. So, yeah, that's I, all I have to say about that. I kind of lost track of Marvel over the years, but I have a feeling that that, I mean, there were, I heard some children in the uh, North Indy mm-hmm. campus mm-hmm. be like, oh, Captain America's way better. Yeah, no. we lost them. What child said that? What child I'm not going to call it out that? by name. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but that did happen. I well, heard somebody say that. Olivia is an extreme Captain America fan. Oh, and man. Me, me being an Iron Man fan has not gone over super well. We've yeah. had to, you know, we've had to have words. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thankfully, my son, who was sitting right next to me in North Indy, he is also Team Iron Man. Right. So really? That's, that's the is right. that just because he can fly? Um... He doesn't have You'd superpowers. Have he just has intelligence. Oh, yeah. So he's like... He just made a cool suit. He's yeah. very snarky. If you're into dry humor, yeah. he, he's your guy. Yeah. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Yep. If you're into old-fashioned 1940s puns, Captain America's your guy. So. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, how was your weekends? Mine was great. So on, on Sunday, we talk a lot about how when you're on on the weekend, mm-hmm. you just get, mm-hmm. you're just exhausted when you get home. Yep. But for me, I have a little cushion of energy where when I get home where I'm, I'm, I could get something done before I crash. On Sundays. On Sundays. So after preaching the whole weekend, I went home and I was like, I could do this because <laughs> I had a 2000 word like final paper to write for seminary for one of my classes. Oh yeah. And I thought if I go and take a nap, I'm never getting this it's done, over, but it's due on Sunday night. So I went home. I I got that thing done faster and better than I ever Whoa. have before. Whoa. And uh, then I slept for an hour and 45 minutes, which is so weird for me. I'm so, amazed that you had the time to both complete the paper and take a nap. And go on a great date with my wife. It was an awesome Sunday. How many wow. words did the paper have it's to be? It's only 2,000, so it's not that bad. And you cranked it out in one sitting? In one sitting in about... Two hours. Wow. APA style? No, Terabian. Did you guys ever use Terabian? <laughs> no. It is the, what it is, is that? The, thank you for that. It is the most ridiculous style guide there is because it has one format for a bibliography, one format for a footnote, and a different format if the footnote is is the same author but later in the paper. It is so mind-numbingly awful. That's no, worth the no. seminary degree in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody needs me to cite in Turabian, guess what? I still have to look it up because I don't know how it even works. Ugh. Um, so, our apologies to any of the, the fans of Turabian. Yeah. I think Josh um, Turabian yeah. goes here. So. <laughs> Josh Turabian. Uh, and then you went on a date. A date with yeah, your wife. Yeah, went on a great date down to Big Lug, which oh, cool. is a great restaurant, right? She sit outside. The, the porch is pretty cool. No, it, the sun was blazing down, so we stayed right inside the outside. Isn't yeah. that within walking distance of, of the, the North Indy yeah. campus? Okay. Yeah, you could see. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've been there. It's great. Very nice. Pretty cool. Marin? How was your weekend? I, oh, man. So I the, feel like we have a lot of updates. We do, unfortunately. The week was rough. Um, I had a flood in the, the house we just uh, vacated. Uh, <laughs> I don't know oh, who knows all about this, but I don't even think I saw you to tell you that this happened. No, I haven't but, heard. Flood oh, in the old terrible. house. Flood in the house. Well, was this the one that you were <sighs> renting? Moving right. out of. You've got like 16 houses right now. <laughs> <Currently>. So Yeah. <laughs> 
that's what it feels like. Um, no, so we had rented a house for a year in okay. Fishers, and we had just moved out of that house, totally vacated the house. Gotcha. Um, and our final walkthrough was Wednesday night. So Tuesday, we were in that house, my husband and I, just corner to corner, top to bottom, mm-hmm. cleaning that place. Mm-hmm. It was shiny and perfect, mm-hmm. and we were so ready to get our security deposit back. Hallelujah. We made that thing just mint. It was perfect. Yeah. And then you had Tyler come over and try to fix it, the washing machine. No. Is that not it? So no. Not it. it was a callback I mean, the last episode. Yeah, wow. that, yeah, that would have been a mistake, but I didn't do it. <laughs> Anyway, um, Wednesday evening around five o'clock, we were there um, with our landlord uh, to do the final walkthrough. And when we unlocked the door, we just heard like rushing waters, Uh, loud waters coming out of our laundry room (laughs) spigot. Um, And the spigot was pointed directly at a wall. And so it all we could guess is when we had left and weren't living there anymore, Jed had the water shut off. And at some point it occurred to us, well, we're getting the carpets cleaned on Friday, so we should better call the city and have them turn the water back on. Well, at some point, this nozzle must have been bumped, nudged, something, because it was in the partially on position. Mm. And I keep telling people, you know when you put your thumb over a hose to kind of make it spray (laughs) with more intensity? That's what was happening here. Because it was Mm. in the partially on position, it was blasting towards this wall. It just ate up this wall. For who knows how long? Probably a minimum of eight hours. So to add insult to injury, I'm sure our water bill will be ginormous. (laughs) Um, The kitchen was completely filled with water from front to back. The water went under the cabinet in one direction and soaked the living room carpet. The water went under the cabinets in the other direction and went like into the garage. So I cried like real tears and my realtor was doing his best to just let me know that everything was going to be okay in the end. It was horrible. It's like, it's going to be okay. You won't get your deposit back because I'm not giving it to you. You're going to owe owe a lot of money. The very next day while we had a dehumidification unit rented in the space and big industrial floor fan rented in the space the power goes out ah uh, did you overcharge <laughs> it about 12 hours so, so it's just fans not doing water anything just sat there moisture just sat there in 92 degree heat and no this is really hard you guys <laughs> yes. wow what was that from <laughs> Marin said it. i don't know when <laughs> because it always applies it, this yeah. is really hard you guys wow yeah. so that That's was awful, awful. Um, yeah, so kind of the weekend was crawling out of that dark hole um, and Is getting it, what, the carpets where are cleaned. We now? We're waiting for the final, you know, what's this going to cost us feedback from the landlord, I guess. I have a conspiracy. Do you? I think your landlord might be up to something. I hope he's not a friend of the pod because I'm coming for you. I don't think he is. And I don't think it's him. He's a very nice guy. What are the chances that a hose is turned on for eight hours and then within 24 hours when you're trying to fix it, the power goes out. Power goes out. What are the chances? Oh my goodness. I think he's up to something. I think he doesn't want to give you your money back. That's very possible. The other possibility is that the house, the house itself is just grieving that you guys are leaving. That could be <laughs> that, grieving that's, the loss. That's of probably such an awesome way family. more likely. Yeah. 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 So Saturday, I think I 
nursed my wounds by going to a humongous flea market. Ooh. It's, uh, Woodruff Place. Some of yeah. our listeners may have, I know your wife had heard of it yep. and said that she hasn't even had a chance to go yet. She next wants to go year, now. Next year. I already talked to Lauren. It's, I'm mm-hmm. leaving Jed at home. <laughs> he went he, with you. He can't hang. He tried. Oh no. But like what about, does that even about mean? About a block and a half in, he's like, can we go home now? <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> no, I need somebody who can stick with me through the I, whole I've thing. I've never been to a flea market. What happens there? Um, people bring their belongings to their yard. You sell your own stuff? You sell stuff. Most of the people are selling their own stuff, but I think it's the kind of yard sale where you have family members come and bring uh, stuff okay. too. So most of these yards were full of- Should have let me know. We got table legs. Fun discoveries. <laughs> that was a callback you know to four episodes ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But this one's really fun because there's food trucks as well. Yeah. And there's like live music out in some people's front yards. So it's like a people watcher's dream. That's cool. It's so much fun. Did you find it's any great. any treasures? Um, Jed. Did you find that other plate? Jed was like. <laughs> that was a callback to three episodes <laughs> oh, no, ago. No, we're done. We're done Man, with the callback. Guys, it's just happening. I know a lot of our listeners are not caught up. So I know, they have I know, sorry, no everybody. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Jed got, um, I think you call them horses. They're like the wood what? things. Was it a, a large animal? horses at a large the animal that you ride? <laughs> They're the wood things that you Saw put. horses. Saw horses. They're, okay, yes. Okay. That's what he bought. Gotcha. That was his big prize. And, uh, big weekend for Jed. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Yes, it was a big weekend for Jen. I come home from North Indy Sunday and I pull into my driveway to find the garage door open and my husband just seated on his brand new riding lawnmower. Yeah, oh, there's a picture. great photo on Marin's Facebook. Jed's Facebook. Jed just like smiling ear to ear, <laughs> so sitting on his brand new mower. Please yeah. just punch. Yeah, he's really, he's he's a, he's a attributing it to moving to Indiana. Yeah, you guys are full, head first into suburban yeah. life. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Congrats, yeah. welcome. Yeah. He's so. probably going to start mowing the lawn like every day now so he can yep. use it, right? Or at least uh, sit on it. Yeah. I'm just going to go out there and find him sitting on it. Yeah. Yeah. Polishing the, yeah. the It's seat. cute. I'll give him that. It's bright yellow. It's cute. cheerful. It's cute because it's little. It's not, I was afraid it was going to be really like kind of garishly yeah. large and yeah. cumbersome and take up a bunch of space, but it's like a micro machine of lawnmowers. It's kind of oh. cute. Tyler, when you get a power tool, what's the word that you hope your wife uses to describe it? Cute? It's so Is cute. Adorable? Adorbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were out uh, at North Indy together. Yeah, so Mary and I got to sing and weekend. play music together at North Indy. For the first time. Great. Everybody in my family loved it. I don't know about your family. But... My family was not there. My family <laughs> what? was so not there. Why? What because happened? Because my husband overslept. Bless uh, him. Too much mowing, man. Bless him. Too excited about that mower because the mower came later that day. Okay. Yeah. I think it's it was Christmas just morning. all the anticipa- yeah. Uh, anticipation. Yeah. So... Yeah, so we got to sing and play for the first time. I don't know why it's taken a year. Uh, I will volunteer from time to time in North Indy. You're on regular rotation, mm-hmm. or was that just like uh, Ephraim's gone? No, can, can once a month. Okay. Once a month, I'm at North Indy. So, um, yeah, what, what, what? Spend 24 hours. What's your, what's your takeaway? Was it something you would want to do again? Absolutely. <laughs> or is oh it like, oh goodness, gosh, yes. get this guy out he's, of here. He's looking for affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> just, just tell me I'm really, am I good? Am I okay? No, it was awesome. And you know that you're good. It was, it was great. Um, and Jaden was on with us yeah. too. So I was really Aww. wanting his feedback. Of it was like, a blast. So what'd you think? What'd you think? And no, he, he had a great time. Good. Was awesome. I was scared that I was going to scare him. <laughs> 
scare Jaden. Yeah, because I mean, we did rehearsal and <laughs> showed up, you know, early on Sunday. And I am not a good musician. That I is can not just true. like I can just hang. That's it. I can just like. Just put me in the box. I'll fit right into it. But I'm not going to like, I'm not Tim Ayers, man. That song that he played last week. No, <laughs> there's no chance. And so Jaden is Mr. Like innovator. He's like, I mean, all the t- the whole time at rehearsal, you're like, Jaden, now let's talk about how you're playing right now. You can't just do whatever you want. You have to follow us. Like Jaden is like off on his own. Like, and so I was like nervous around Jaden, like Jaden's going to judge me. <laughs> He's going to judge me for how terrible of a player I am. That's so but, So funny. I'm glad he had a good time. He did. We should totally do it again. That was great. Yeah. Guys, I brought my 10-month-old. Actually, he's almost 11 months now, but I brought him, Milo, on a boat. Wow. For the first time ever, he got to ride a boat. And I got to tell you, I need your advice. What kind of boat? Pause. Because there are many different speed kinds boat. of boat. Okay. Speed boat. I don't know. Do you need any more than that? No, because if know. it was like a sailboat, I'd oh, be no, like, no, no. oh, that's nice. No, this is a speedboat. <laughs> <laughs> this is a speedboat. And uh, I need I need advice because I was nervous the entire time. Well, I'm you're, like one of those nervous dads. But you're also terrified of the deep waters, yeah, the dark waters, dark waters in general. Yeah, I don't like the dark waters for sure. But <laughs> I, was, I was certain one of those jet skis mm. were just like... Going nuts, driving everywhere that and no, like not looking out. They're either gonna crash into our boat, or we're gonna hit one of their waves, and Milo's gonna bounce right out of the boat or something. So I was like, just worst case scenario the whole time, and I know hmm, that's who wild. else do who else do I know that's, <laughs> that's like really worst crazy. case scenario all the time? <laughs> that's Marin. So I need some advice on how to like not be <laughs> scared, Dad. I couldn't even believe that you were scared, Dad. Lauren and I were talking about this Sunday. I know. Like right before you left. Surprising like, to me, too. I had no idea you had any of that in you. Yeah, apparently. It's just the the, the father in you brings that out. Yeah, because I don't care if anyone else gets bounced out of the boat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have, I don't have any kids. Okay, all I can tell you Imagine is- Humphrey in the boat. How about imagine Humphrey tries to like get outside yeah. and run away? It's okay. a lot. All right, I'm feeling terrified now. See? I feel it. It's a lot of self-talk. So I, I I think I told your wife Sunday during service, you know, we did four songs at the top of service mm-hmm. and then we sat down and then we had to get up after the sermon to finish out with one more song. Yeah. So my son's sitting right next to me during the sermon and I've got my backpack right in kind of between us, but in front of us and... Whichever way you look at it, my backpack was in a place that he could have tripped over it when we got up to go back on stage to finish out with the last song. (laughs) In my head, I saw my son tripping over my backpack, (laughs) splitting his lip open, stopping service. Like if he was bleeding from his head, he probably wouldn't have been able to finish. So this is my worst case scenario life that I live every day. But nothing ever happened? I told myself, you're being crazy. Yeah. He's 14. Chances are he's not going to trip over your backpack. (laughs) So I left it there just to make myself not be so crazy. So you have to talk yourself out of it. It's a lot of self-talk. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. What are the odds that this plane is going to fall out of the sky? Slim to none. Yeah. You know, lots of self-talk. And Milo had... I'm sure flotation devices strapped him every which way, right? Yeah, he did. I mean, (laughs) part of the time, but 
the, it's he's a baby, so every flotation device is like bigger than him. Right. <laughs> and I mean, he'll float for sure, but like, who knows if that's built for a baby? You know, it's a, just a right. It, it looks like he's like wearing one of those dog cones when your dog goes to the vet and they have to, they can't like bite themselves. You like put this like giant thing around Milo's neck, and he looks like one of he looks like a dog in one of those cones. Hmm. Well, he looked like he was being securely it held was, in the picture that you no, posted. No, there was no danger. Okay. Everything was fine. We had a good time. He had a good time. He was actually like trying to lean over the side. Like he, he See, has no fear. I have all seeker. the fear. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait till he wants to go on roller coasters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. I like that. I'll do roller coaster. Mm-mm. We've talked yeah. about this maybe on the first episode. My mom like, arm on the roller yeah, you coaster. Don't like roll- yeah, we've posted pictures. Before, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Good weekend. I love the warm weather, man. I love getting outside, hanging out. Uh, We've eaten on the patio a bunch already this summer. It's it's really great. Love it. Same. Cool. Um, Barry, you introduced us this weekend to a brand new sermon series. We're going 11 weeks deep, right? That's right. 11 Uh, weeks is week one. B-Y-O-B. Bring your own Bible. And so this weekend was really like a really, it really was a introduction to what we're going to even be talking about, how we're going to be looking at things. And so I want to talk about the sermon, but I also want to talk about like things people are even asking about the Bible, just in culture, society, a church, me, (laughs) I've got a bunch of questions. And so (laughs) I want to treat this episode almost like an introduction to what we're going to be doing to, to kind of go right along with the sermon series. Because I know we've got a bunch of stuff, um, like extracurricular stuff outside of the sermon that's planned uh, as a church. And so I want to talk about that stuff. But before we do that, um, was what was your big idea? I know that there you talked about a passage of scripture, but what was your big idea? Or what's the big idea behind this whole sermon series? Right. Well... The way that I would put it, I didn't have like a necessarily like a specific big idea yeah. for this particular message because I was trying to kind of cover a lot of ground. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to describe what I would say is the big idea for the whole series, it's that essentially the Bible can be awesome if you let it mm-hmm. and if you have the right tools in your hand. So um, we we have for a long time been talking about the fact that um, in general, our people, grace people, even grace staff just don't have um, a level of, of biblical literacy that we would think is healthy and good for a church to (laughs) have. And so that's, that's one part of it. Um, But we've also heard from a lot of people who would say that, man, I don't read the Bible period because either a I'm, I'm too busy. I don't make time for it. It doesn't really play that big of a role in my life Mm -hmm. or uh, B it would be because I don't know, I'm intimidated by it. I don't understand it. It's confusing. It doesn't seem to be relevant, you know, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And so um, basically across the board, we've got people who aren't literate in the Bible or the characters or the facts or even the theology in the Bible. But even more than that, they're just not even trying. They're not reading the Bible. And, and, and again, I, I said this in the sermon, this isn't, there's not a shame thing here or a guilt thing here. I'm not, you know, eh, speak for yourself. I'm not but. like crossing my arms angrily saying like, man, <laughs> if these people wouldn't just, blah, blah, blah. it's not yeah, like yeah. that. It's more just like for me, I'll get personal for me. The Bible 
has now become, and I said this in the sermon, just this incredible source of hope and life for me. And I've found guidance. I've found counsel. I've found nurture. I've found hope. All these things in the pages of the Bible as I've come to understand it better. Mm -hmm. And I want that for everybody. I want Mm -hmm. people at Grace Church to have the the same source of hope and life that I do. And they have it in their house. Likely they have it sitting on the shelf, but if we can bridge the gap between people's not reading scripture uh, and, and what life could be like if they did read scripture, then, then we've come a long way. So that's why we did, that's why we're doing this series. Um, And you could tell, or I could tell that, you were a hundred percent in your wheelhouse this last weekend. It you was were like, pretty geeked out. Yeah. It was like, Oh yeah, this is very sweet spot right here. <laughs> Just like getting everybody geeked out about reading scripture. We made a lot of comments at the beginning of this episode about all things related to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. For people who were not there, can you give them a little, just a snapshot of why you brought that in? Why the I brought Marvel in? Yeah. So, Hmm. I, I'm trying to explain, I was trying to explain this way of approaching scripture, which um, is not necessarily the only way or even the best way. It's just a way that that we find useful when approaching any passage of scripture and uh, Marvel movies helped to illustrate it. So there are three worlds um, of every single text that we read. This mm-hmm. is just a way of describing it. There's the world behind the text. Mm-hmm. That's like the, the, um, cultural reality that brought the text into being. It's the person who wrote it. It's the people it was written to and why Uh, it's sort of what was life really like when this passage came to be part of scripture. Um, The world of the text is what, uh, what's the context of this text? What, what are the literary features in this text? How does, how does the language of this text connect to other parts of, of this text, to the other parts of scripture? What are the, what are the ways that this fits into a bigger whole? And then the third one is the world in front of the text. And that's our world. That's the world that we bring to it. That's our perspectives, our cultural nuances, our uh, understanding. And also it's where the text begins to speak into our world because Mm -hmm. we're all so different. Um, The same exact text is going to, God can use that same text to give each of us a very different, potentially very different, very specific application into our lives. So those are the three worlds. And so I used Captain America as an illustration of those three worlds. I basically said, if, if you're watching a cap, like some Marvel movie and you see Captain America on the screen, the world behind the movie is the fact that Captain America was a comic book series. Then it was first written in the 1940s. So there's themes about World War Two. And there's there's also the whole general American culture that loves superheroes. So mm-hmm. all of that lies behind the Captain America you see on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the world of the movie. And that's when you see Captain America you know, talking to one of the other Avengers or something like that, uh, it's connected to the whole Marvel cinematic universe. And so, um, one character you, when you see them on screen, you know, that the connection of their backstory to the other character, to this, to that, you can know how the Avengers and the guardians of the galaxy are connected. And even when, like when Captain America says, I could do this all day, you know, it's like one of his taglines. (laughs) It actually was first, he first said it before he had superpowers when he was just, it kind of goes to like his character. So you can get all those things in the world of the movie mm-hmm. and then the world in front of the movie was I had a picture of me with a tiny little Captain America flag <laughs> or it was uh, great. I mean, shield and uh, and I said this is the world where I'm like inspired to live differently because of Captain America and where I want to get mm-hmm. a Captain America shield and look just like him I know I, I, I didn't mean to I wasn't planning on saying that joke that I said but uh, after I showed that picture I, 
at uh, four thirty, I was like, um, actually, you may not have known, but that was actually a picture of me, not of Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone, everyone laughed because I don't look anything like him. So, <laughs> well, my um, children were on the edge of their seat. You had them gripped right with on. All that yeah. stuff. So good. Well done. Good. So you talk about biblical literacy, yeah, um, and that it's declining. I think I don't think it's just here. No, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. Like it, they do they do surveys and polls of Christians that say, yeah, I don't really read the Bible that much or anymore or something. And mm-hmm. so, why why do we think or have you seen anything of why we think or theorize that is like why is biblical literacy not where Maybe it used to be or where we would want it to be. I don't know. What do you think, Mary? I've got an idea, but I want to hear what you think. Oh, man. I have a lot of partially formed ideas, uh-huh. to tell you the truth. Um, some of it, I think, is a huge cultural shift in terms of like electronics in our hands every moment of every day. I was asking myself this question. Um, we have a TV in the living room. Um Two summers ago, my kids are home from school. That TV would have been on. They would have been watching stuff like that. That's what they would have done. But now my kids have phones, you know, and it's like and your TV sits cold and isolated in the corner now. So lonely. Yeah. The television set is lonely. It's just that kind of a shift. And I know that there's like Bible apps and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but try getting, you know, a young person to go to a Bible app over like watching slime videos on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> okay, so what is that? Like that is somebody saying the Bible's boring, right? Ultimately, the Bible's boring, so I'm not going to pay attention to that, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely part of it. The other thing I think is plays a factor is, and I don't know exactly how to articulate this, but um, is the fact that for the last I don't know hundred years, the way that Christian theology has gone is we've sort of taken the mystery and the dialogue out of our approach to scripture. And we've had experts, quote unquote experts say, this is what this means. Mm. This is what is true. You don't need to ask any more questions. Just believe this. Mm. Now I, you know, I went to a Christian college and it wasn't that explicitly, but there were definitely teachers that were just like, look, when you're older, you'll understand why I'm right. So (laughs) it's just this sort of mindset that there is a set answer to what the truth is mm. from scripture. We've already figured it out. So don't, don't read your Bible. Just take this little, you know, devotion or whatever and, and run it, run with it. Don't, you know, don't spend the time looking up the history of this passage. Don't spend the time investing in it because it's already been done. Mm. And here's the answer. And interesting. I think that, I don't know. I don't know how big of a role that's played. I know yeah. there is a role. And I think part of what then has happened is we've, we've, gone into the era of the blogosphere where anybody can be an expert and all they have totally. to do is say, say something that sounds convincing, drop a few passages of scripture in there and we trust their authority. Mm-hmm. And there's not a sense of developing my own understanding of what the truth of scripture is and my own relationship mm-hmm. with, with God's word. It's more just like, okay, well mm-hmm. sure. That seems right to me. Yeah. So I've known a lot of people that have used it as a, um, what do you call it? Like a troubleshooting guide, mm-hmm. you know, divine owner's manual. That's and how as I long it. as yeah. there's trouble, then they're, they're digging in and they're looking for answers. But right. when life is good, that's when it sits on the shelf and gets dusty. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think also I'm speaking from experience. So I'm not like, 
accusing anyone else of doing this, but this is what I do or have done. It's like, I'm going through trouble sometimes. And instead of like going to the Bible, I'll just go to Google and say, how do I deal with this trouble? Sometimes? <laughs> or I'll say, what does the Bible say about? Mm-hmm. And then I'll just Google it. Right. And so didn't, uh, and I um, was recently reading, um, one of the Timothy's first or second, I don't remember, but Paul predicts this. He predicts that this is what's going to happen. He says, um, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I do. Ted talks, Google, right. Streaming. Like I could stream any pastor, any speaker, Mm -hmm. any weekend. Right streaming, social media, Google, like my faith has been, I've customized what I believe around what's convenient and good for me. Not, I've not tried to like really get uncomfortable with what I believe. And right. I think that is a lot of at least America where like, I think that has a part to play in totally how Americans, Christians view reading yeah. the Bible. Yeah. Cause it's absolutely. hard. Reading the Bible is, is a hard thing, right? It is. Unless you have, what, there's one way of approaching scripture, which is not hard. And that is the the way of looking at it that just says, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Yeah. And so you look at every piece of scripture. I did see that on a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I've, I know that I did. Oh, was, yeah. was my grandpa wearing it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you, the idea being flip open a page. If it says something that is directly from the mouth of God to your life, just do what it says, yeah. which sounds great until you actually try to think about the implications of that mm-hmm. and you realize how much of scripture would be actually extremely disastrous if you actually lived that out, if you tried mm-hmm. to do that. Um, so there, you're right. It is to do anything other than, than a direct application of scripture to your life is more challenging, takes yeah. more time, takes more energy, and it forces you to actually question what you believe and how you live. And it's uncomfortable because unless you are Jesus himself, you're probably not going to be doing it exactly as God intended mm-hmm. without altering some things in your life. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy. So the next question is then why do it? Right. Yeah. That, that is, I have a bunch of questions listed here and that is literally my next question. Yeah. So why should people read the Bible anyways? Like I come to church and I hear about, I need to love God and love other people. All right, I'll do that. Why do I need to read this if that's all that this says? Right. So, yeah, why why do people why should people read the Bible in this way specifically? Yeah. Well, I used to sing to my preschoolers, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> that's a simple classic song. <laughs> simple answer. Because you'll grow. You'll grow. Grow, grow. 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 Not just grow. You grow three times. Three times. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, this is the question because I think if we all, if we all understood this and we all believed this, I think it would be no, there'd be no question. We'd all be spending time pouring over our scriptures. Yeah. Uh, for me, the way I understand it, um, this book or collection of books as it really is, the Bible is one of the primary ways that God has chosen to reveal himself and his character to the world. Mm -hmm. And, but the way that he's done that, and this is what is so, this is the reason I don't treat it like just a proof text that you can 
that you can pick apart is that he has chosen to do that through a variety of genres and life experience and history. And uh, he has chosen to reveal himself through the lived experiences of the people that follow him, Mm. not through divine. This isn't, this isn't the, uh, um, uh, the Quran, which in the Quran, the way that the Quran is treated is that God said these things, you do these things, period. That's Mm. it. The Bible is not that Mm -hmm. the Bible is, is the creative and, um, and experiential outgrowth of the people of God wrestling with understanding their God in a broken world, trying to live as he would, would command them and trying to, to set up the the generations that would follow them for success Mm -hmm. in following God. And so you have layer upon layer of, of, um, revelation where God has spoken to his people and they have done their best to understand and to live out what he's saying in their world. And they have captured their experiences and their knowledge and their wisdom and their prayers. And they've passed those on to the next generation. And the next Mm -hmm. generation took those things and wrestled with them and lived them out. And they discovered the words of truth that were in them. And they, they added to them and they built onto them and they passed them on to the next generation and so on and so on for a thousand years that happened. And now what we have is a collection of all of that. And, and so when we are looking at, at any given passage of scripture, we are tapping into the lived experience of the people of God who are, who are trying to live out mm-hmm. what God has intended for this world in the midst of brokenness and chaos around mm-hmm. them. So for me, when I look at this, I, I am opening the, the word of God. I'm opening the Bible and I am tapping in to thousands of years of, of, um, experience of the people of God and the revelation of God and, and the power that comes from words that have been tested and have been found true by the people who came before me. Mm -hmm. That's why I do it. All right. We'll just do that then. We're all good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and also cause I, I am, I am definitely guilty of in the past thinking like, Oh man, I've heard all this before. I'm not going to read this. Like I I know these stories. I'm not going to read them, but I don't, truthfully, I don't know the stories, but that's what I thought. (laughs) Right. And it wasn't until, I don't know who's, who, who challenged me to think this way, but it wasn't until somebody, I was like, I'm just going to read what Jesus has to say. That's that always used to be my thing. I'm just going to read the stuff about Jesus because I believe in Jesus, but I, I, all this other, I don't know about all this other stuff. And then Somebody, I don't remember who it was, but they said, what makes you think all this other stuff doesn't point directly to Jesus? And what makes you think that all this other stuff that you don't have time for has nothing to do with Jesus? All of the stuff before Jesus points to Jesus and all the stuff after Jesus points to Jesus. So this all, this is the story of Jesus. This is not the story of Tyler right. and what's convenient for you. Like, mm. right. And ever since then it's been very it's been a lot more exciting for me because i'm like i mean we're going we're we just finished the stories of uh the patriarchs and uh the genesis all the stuff that happens in genesis and i'm like oh this was god's attempt and god's um way of reaching out to his people and eventually all this stuff leads to jesus like that's pretty cool when you think about it. We, I mean, we, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about David and like that has a direct tie to Jesus. And so when I started thinking of, of things that way, I'm like, okay, I'm into Jesus. 
I need to learn more about this because that's a little more exciting than just a bunch of what I thought were like random, irrelevant stories. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One of the resources that we're providing for people and linking people to throughout the summer is um, a, a YouTube channel called The Bible Project. And mm-hmm. these guys, I, it's, I can't speak highly enough of these videos. They are phenomenal. Uh, Some of them are linked to the Grace Church is it slash give me the right address yeah, gracechurch.us <laughs> slash slash byob there it is thank yeah. you yeah Marin, we, got, we, we i great I picked, plug yeah <laughs> no grace I church slash i didn't realize that you put them on there so yeah, yeah. i did what anybody would do and go to the thing slash the thing mm-hmm. and then i'm scrolling <laughs> oh my God. And, and those videos were there and i yeah. watched them and they're awesome yeah, they're they're really awesome good. so i picked two that i thought would be relevant for each week the first six weeks are gonna or four weeks or five weeks are going to have some about how to interpret scripture. Um, And then as we get into the different genres, they are actually specific videos that have to do with themes from those genres. So I don't know. I mean, there, there are more that I didn't link to, but those are going to be really. And so here's, here's why they're cool. What they do consistently, their big idea, if I had to put words in their mouth is that um, they believe that every part of the Bible is a part of a bigger whole. And they say that a lot at the end of their videos. Mm-hmm. They believe that everything that you're reading is a part of a, of a bigger story. And, and so when they talk about ideas of holiness or exile or whatever they, yeah. the theme happens to be, they always link the, the, the old Testament narratives to the, to the prophets, to the, to the coming of Jesus and even to our own lives and how we fit into the story. So when you look at scripture that way, like yeah. you're saying, that's yeah. when it starts to really pop mm-hmm. and starts to come alive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was looking at uh, Hebrews 5 verse 12 for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I don't know any other book that does that. <laughs> right. I've read my fair share of books. There has been not one that could divide even between soul and spirit. Like think about that. And so what does that mean? This is my Bible. I brought my own Bible today from gosh, I was probably in high school when I got this Bible. And when I flip around, it it, it, (laughs) looks like, been road hard and put up wet. Yeah, a little it's weathered. Been loved. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> when I look through here and I see the things that I highlighted um, or underlined or, you know, pages that are more wrinkled than the others. And I'm like, man, I remember the time that that scripture jumped out at me and, you know, was exactly what I needed in that moment. Or mm, I remember yeah. the time that that scripture changed my life. And I'm just flipping through this thing. I've been reading my Bible more on my phone mm. than I have been in like paper format, mm-hmm. which is great because it's accessible and I could literally read it anywhere. Um, but I like still having my paper Bible to go back and like see what I've marked up and highlighted. Same. And Same. Yeah, yeah, like when you're talking about why I read the Bible, this is this is my life up to this point. Right. You know, right. in Bible reading. And did you make your own cover? I did make my, I sewed this cover. Marin, very hey, nice. It probably wouldn't have lasted this long if I didn't. <laughs> And, and what's cool about that is I guarantee, well, I'll ask you this, Marin, are you the exact same person that you were 10 years ago? Most definitely not. Right. So when you are returning to the same text as you change and grow and yeah. develop, it, it is definitely going to bring new angles and perspectives out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's why I am excited about this sermon series, because I think that I'm guilty of just reading it kind of in a surface way of like, I think that this is what this says. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm good. 
you know, even um, the scripture that I think we, this week it's Matthew six, it's a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount. I read it through before I went and applied the world behind, the world of, the world Mm. in front of. I read it through and my initial knee jerk reaction was, but I already know what this means. Right. Yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. I already get it. Like, I right. get it. Your eye is a lamp, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So wait, what? 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 Uh, what's it do now? What I'm excited about is getting a richer perspective, and maybe even a completely different perspective than what I already think I know. Mm-hmm. This is a challenge for me. This is a challenge for me. I mean, I was brought up in one denomination. So I'm going to have a lens that views scripture a certain way. As an adult, I jumped the other side of the fence and went to a, a denomination that was pretty opposite the denomination I grew up in, um, just kind of theologically. Um, still, you know, a Christian denomination, whatever. But that challenged my perspective on the way I interpreted certain scriptures. So this is just one more like, okay, Mayor, here we go. Gear up. Mm. You're about to get your long held, you know, kind of things that I thought yeah. um, I might have to look at in a in a deeper way and be challenged <laughs> to do that. Well, okay. So one of my seminary profs, um, he told this story, which I thought was so valuable for his perspective. He taught this. It's I probably made up, but it's like a, a story of a guy who wanted to be a like a marine biologist or something like that. And so he was going to go study under the famous, this famous marine biologist who was this scientist that just everybody respected. And so he went in there and the scientist was like, all right, I want you to um, observe and study this. Like, I don't even know. It's some like mud guppy. It was like some ugly fish that didn't seem to matter. It wasn't notable at all. He's like, study it and tell me what you see. And so he, he had to spend the day studying the fish and he's like, okay, it's got the dorsal fin here and the bubble, he, you know, writes all the things down. And then he goes back to the prof. He's like, all right, here are my observations. He's like, okay, great. Now do it again for the next two days and come back and tell me what you see. And he's like, what? I just, I already did. Fine. He goes, I was like, okay. So there's a little bit of brown spotting underneath the chin, you know, and he goes on. Eventually it's ridiculous. It goes on for, for like weeks and, and months of him studying the same fish. And ultimately he ends up with this, you know, he becomes page one. Pa- yeah, exactly. <laughs> might as well. But he becomes so passionate about, about marine biology because he understands just how mm. simple observation can lead to an incredibly diverse. Yeah understanding of scripture. And the same thing is yes. true. Like I had the same reaction. I picked this passage. Yeah. Okay. For us to look at as a, as a church, Matthew six. And I've read this one a bajillion times, right. but I spent time and you've got, you can see, I've got it. I print it out sometimes and uh-huh. we'll mark it up so I can write all over it. And I noticed things that I had never seen before. I saw connections I'd never seen before just yeah. because I, I slowed down and took the time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'll take you, I'll take you on a little journey. Let's not take the whole passage, which is what, from what to what? Uh, 19 to 34, yeah. six, 19 so to 34. Let's just talk about 19 to something shortly thereafter. <laughs> I think it's 19 to 21. Okay. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Again, so easy for me to read that and be like, okay, I just, I just noticed something that val- I never noticed before <laughs> as you were reading that. So don't value cool. earthly possessions, you know, do the spiritual things that will matter in the end. You know, right. it's easy to just kind of like take that for, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't even count how many sermons I've heard just on that one passage. Um, so like I said, I read it through 
And then, okay, well, what's the world behind? And so I started to think about where they would store treasures mm-hmm. or what is moth and rust destroying? Like, what are they even referencing? And here's me picturing a stack of paper money being destroyed by moths and rust. And I'm right. like, no, Probably I don't not. think that that was it. So <sighs> I Googled and I was immediately overwhelmed. What'd you Google? I, I Googled the words Matthew 619 commentary. Oh. And then it was just like, oh my goodness, like where do I even start? So that's a problem. Just like information overload. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I'm already totally overwhelmed. This is really hard, you guys. (laughs) Again, it's always applicable. It is really hard, you guys. So I I think I just went to the first one to just see what it would give me. And one of the first things I read in the commentary was to think about what wealth meant in that time period. Um, And we've talked about this on this podcast a couple of times. Garments, you know, the kid that you just want to shower with a gift and you give him a coat with long sleeves or a coat of many colors or whatever you want to call it. So that was a form of their wealth. And a moth would certainly be able to destroy that, you know. Um, And so then there was a cross reference to James chapter five. uh, Where where was that? In the the commentary. That you, okay. uh, Come now, you rich... Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth eaten. What? <laughs> that was my yep. first like. What? <laughs> 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 yeah, it's cool when stuff like that happens. Like yeah. that's, that's cool. And that's again, the fresh perspective of like where I'm sitting there probably still with the same thought I would have had when I was 18 right. stack right. of money being eaten by moths. Well, okay. So, no, what, yeah, so what, does, what does that do to you though? It's exciting. It, yeah. It's, it's a revelation for me. I felt like even in that small little moment, I grew just a teeny bit hmm. in, in a deeper understanding of what this passage is actually saying. And I did it not because somebody else told me I did it because I went and did like a five minutes of research like it it didn't take long to get there and then suddenly have a fuller picture of what this scripture is saying right and again imagination helps so immediately i'm thinking now james wrote that jesus spoke this they were half brothers what if at in their past at their house they had some fancy garment they got eaten by mods and they both remember that like Mm. who knows that those are cool things that just add sorry anyway (laughs) Well, so here's, here's what I, I mean, part of, part of any interpretation is having to look at how, what does this actually mean? And, and if it means that, what does it mean to me in my life? And, um, I, I love that you pointed out the mods and the rust and the thieves. And a little bit later, um, he, Jesus is saying like, look at the, the, um, the birds, they don't, they don't store food away in barns. Mm -hmm. So right there, we've got, um, mods rust, thieves, and storing food, all of those things, if you think about it, are um, taking excess and setting it aside in a, in a place that you're not needing, you're not using it at this moment. Mm. When you do that, when you set aside excess for the sake of a rainy day or, or because you don't need it, but you want it for later, uh, you are, you're, you're, going beyond what you need and you're putting it at risk of all of these things. Mm-hmm. Like n- no, no moths are going to eat something you're wearing. Uh, no one's going right. to, well, uh, potentially a thief could like steal from you, but they're not going to break in and steal something while you're in the house. And they're not, you know, nothing's going to rust if you're using it all the time. So, um, and storing food away in barns, like 
that's, it's all, in my opinion, the way we look at that, that's all uh, self-sufficiency. It's saying, I don't want God to come through for me. I don't want him to have to come through for me. I want to come through for myself when I have a problem, or I want to be the one who provides my own uh, blessing or abundance or mm-hmm. whatever. And so when you look at all of that, you can see a bigger tie to this concept of, um, of self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. And not relying on God. And then I, then when you look at it that way, then suddenly this isn't just about money. This isn't even just for me. When I look at that, I'm thinking, where am I choosing to be self-sufficient so that I don't have to rely on God? And maybe it is money, but anyway, that, that, does that make sense? What I'm it saying? does, but then I'm immediately, I don't know if it's the six of me or what, but then I challenge that with like, well, aren't we supposed to be like the ant? Like, doesn't the ant store stuff up? Aren't we supposed to store stuff up to be <laughs> responsible? I don't know. So I was asking myself, what does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? Mm-hmm. And am I doing that? Mm-hmm. And I'm the kind of person that's like, yeah, but Russ isn't that bad. I've got plenty of others lying around. Yeah. So they probably uh, didn't have like SOS pads back then. Mm-hmm. We're good with Russ now. Yeah. But there's a, I think there's like a different heart behind what we're saying. There's, there's a, there's a, a way to be prudent. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to always be, if you have the capacity to have food for today and enough to, to eat for tomorrow, mm-hmm. there's no, it's, it's imprudent to live at the edge of starvation every single day. At the same time, if you're buying, there's the whole parable of the guy who builds the bigger barns mm-hmm. for himself mm-hmm. because he, he's like, I had a great harvest. I could store up even more food. I wouldn't even have to worry. I could be rich. So he builds the bigger barns and then he dies that night, oh, you know, because what does this say about my garage freezer? <laughs> well, I just got a garage freezer and I feel like I have made it. Well, well, is it, uh, is it above the fridge or is it below the fridge? Is the pull out drawer? Oh, oh, it's, about that. Well, it's in the garage. Is no, it no, it's like an actual fridge and freezer. Oh, right. Yeah. But so here I am above. just storing up my treasures. <laughs> I don't. Frozen See, pizza. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. I can't tell you what the world is in front of the text for you. That's the world in front. <laughs> but for me, it, for me, this all what this does is it it makes me wonder how often I like that makes me reflect and think about how often I um, when I'm budgeting, how much of my money am I choosing to give and how much of it am I am I squirreling away mm-hmm. because I don't want to have to wonder. I always want to be secure. And, and your question of like, how do you store mm-hmm. up treasures in heaven? Well, I, I was searching for that phrase and realized that, um, first of all, the context of this passage comes earlier on in, in chapter six, he's talking about giving to the poor and the other place mm-hmm. in Matthew where it uses the word treasures in heaven is the story of the rich young ruler where God said, or Jesus says to him, you know, give your money to the poor and, and you'll have treasures in heaven. So Hmm. I wonder, I don't want to give like a hard and fast answer, but I wonder if it has something to do with generosity Mm -hmm. as the, as the avenue to storing up treasures in heaven. Yeah. Anyway. So Jesus was preaching this, right? He's preaching this to, what do we know? How many people? Uh, I can't off the top of my head. I don't know. A bunch, a bunch. He had to be up on it. He was up on a hillside. So there were probably people all over. Do you think they knew what this guy was talking about? Like, did all this stuff make sense to them when he's talking about heaven and kingdom of God? And do they know, are they familiar with that kind of language or is it like, whoa, 
you know, brand they, new stuff I'm, I'm hearing they, for the first they, time No, they very life. much would have understood what he was getting at. They would have not understood the conclusions he was reaching. I'm, I'm positive they would have been baffled mm. at what he was saying. So when he talks about the kingdom of God, this was an expression that they would have understood as uh, essentially like when the disciples ask him, like, when are you going to restore the kingdom? What they are talking about is the restoration of Israel mm. and the throne of David to an earthly power that can be like it was back in the good old days. Okay. What Jesus means by that is a whole different kind of upside down kingdom where the rule and the reign of God spreads into every avenue of human existence. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about something way grander than what they're imagining. And, and when, you know, when he throughout this, this whole sermon, like I mentioned in, in my sermon, he, Jesus is referencing the old Testament law and, ways of being that all of the Israelites would have understood this is just how you live. And Jesus is saying, no, you need to go way beyond that. That's what it's like in my kingdom. And it, it would have been shocking and provocative and confusing guaranteed. Yeah. So, so what would have uh, storing treasures in heaven meant to somebody? Well, that, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, what it would have meant to them in that yeah. day. Like if I, I'm trying to imagine, cause we can talk about this in a minute, but when I read stuff, I'm like trying to picture myself receiving this information and like what, uh, if I'm sitting there listening to him in this moment and this is like revolutionary, I know that Jesus is a revolutionary. He's talking about like new concepts. And, uh, when he says the word heaven, do I know what he's talking about? Have I, where would I have heard that before? And uh, do I all, do I just have that knowledge? Is that part of the world behind? Um, and so that was one of the questions I had is like, yeah. is he talking about brand new things here? Like storing up treasures in heaven? Cause what do, what would people have to compare what they were currently doing to? Right. So that's a good question. I don't know the answer. Here's how I would go to find the answer. Um, step one, ask Tim Ayers because mm-hmm. he's had done this for a long time. He's got a lot of experience. He might already have looked because at he this. knows the background. The, yeah, for this is a world behind yeah. the text question. Yeah. This yeah. is what was what was known for, by them. Um, I also might do a a little bit of a broader search. I think I think Matthew nineteen is the only other place where it says treasures in heaven. But I wonder if there's other places where treasure and heaven are linked in the, in the scriptures. I would do a mm. search and you can do that on the Bible app. It's easy. Just type in keywords and it'll give you places that it, that it shows up. The next step is I would probably, and this is harder because I don't, I don't know that, I mean, I have access to like my seminary's library, so I don't know how exactly one would go about this, but you can search other documents from the ancient world to see if this phrase shows up in other places. Mm. Uh, and if it did, if it does, you can look at the context and try to see, is this a common thing? Um, and then, and then perhaps, uh, you know, searching commentaries, maybe some more scholarly commentaries and things like mm. that, um, just try to find an answer. Uh, the, the thing that's, that's hard about this, unfortunately, when it comes to just the Bible, and I don't expect everyone to know this, this is just something I've been learning is that um, even the concept of resurrection, the idea of life after death was something that didn't even really fully develop until yeah. after the Old Testament had mostly been written. Yeah. There were several hundred years between the end of the Old Testament, and the beginning of and the coming of Jesus. And it was during that time that the idea of resurrection and the, the idea of the Messiah being the king right. over Israel, like those two things both developed between the Testaments in our Bible, which mm-hmm. is which is interesting. So it's harder to know. Yeah. It's harder to know exactly what people would have been thinking, but yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's why I was asking. Cause you had said, um, 
the disciples or these people would have thought um, the kingdom of heaven had something to do with Israel. Right. 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 So do they think the same thing about heaven or is this a new thing? Yeah. That's why I was asking. Right. And it's possible that it was also uh, like a spiritual phrase the or a spiritual concept, the idea of, well, heaven being the other place, like God lives up there, we're down here on earth, maybe storing treasures in heaven is a way of saying earning favor with God or something. Maybe that's what they understood it as mm-hmm. being. I don't know. Hmm. It was great for me to read this, uh, the day of taking Milo on the boat. Is that right? Why? why, why? Because the whole 25 through... 27 oh, yeah. oh, it's like Not to worry about our worry is going to add a single moment of life for you I'm like well no you're on the boat with, verse, the- with <laughs> verse 34 though today's trouble is enough for today yeah indeed <laughs> yeah, seriously so yeah um do you think that you can read the bible incorrectly like yeah. is there a wrong way to read the bible well if you're taking something out of context i would say yeah like if you're the person that does the flip open and like you just flip open to some random page and yeah. you just take like a piece of scripture and you read it one way, mm-hmm. knowing nothing that came before <laughs> or after mm-hmm. it or anything in its context. And you miss, you misuse that scripture. You misapply that scripture. I think that gets done all the time. Yeah. So if I opened it to Matthew six, the day I'm taking Milo on the boat and I'm like, Okay, Jesus says, don't worry, so I'm not going to worry. I think that's easy. But it comes like all the other types of writings and uh, where it's not like this is instructional. Like, don't worry, because it's not going to add a moment to your life. Mm -hmm. Let like focus on me, focus on the kingdom. That's instructional. But when we get to the parts of scripture where it's not instructional and you're trying to find instruction out of it because you're making it about myself or whatever, that's when I think we get in trouble. There's a verse in... Maybe First Timothy, again, I we're both getting the Timothys mixed up today, but where Paul <laughs> Paul tells Timothy, drink a little wine for your stomach and frequent illness. So does that mean that the Bible, if you take that one passage out, just drink a little wine for your stomach and frequent illness, does that mean that the Bible is telling you that when you're if you have if you're sick a lot, you should drink more wine? Yes. Okay, okay well, that's possible. Uh, or maybe but, it was the first like Tylenol. Well, right. But that, see, already you're going into the world behind the text. So yeah, right. when right. you do that, you yeah. begin to realize, well, why would he say this to Timothy? Yeah. What did their understanding gotcha. of wine have to do with, with illness? Yeah. It's, he's not promoting wine drinking. Yeah. He's promoting Timothy's yeah, well-being. Not. So, yeah. So I don't I think there's, that's one way to read scripture wrong. However, um, next week, dad's going to talk about this. I don't know how much he'll get into it, but the idea of, of Lectio Divina, have you heard mm-hmm. of that before? Mm-hmm. So that's a way of reading scripture where you essentially, you, you just, it's just you and the word and you let, and you read it multiple times. And as you do, it's, it's done in prayer and you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal mm-hmm. something to you. And by doing it that way, it, you open the door to the spirit to speak directly to you through the word. So in that case, it is possible that the word could, that the Bible could, directly apply to you, but yeah. it's not, um, it's not the same as just taking a verse out of context and making yeah, you yeah, say yeah. whatever you want. My problem is, uh, when I do that ever since your dad came on here or Dave came on here and, um, talked about being spirit or, uh, what do you call it? Spiritually deaf. Yeah. 
uh, he, he came back from his sabbatical and was like, Hey, what'd you learn? He's like, I don't, I learned that I was spiritually deaf. It took like a bunch of days for me to. So ever since he said that, and I, I, I practice Lectio Divina a lot, oftentimes when I, when I do read it, um, and I'm asking that question, like, we, will you show something or reveal something to me or speak mm-hmm. to me? Uh, now I just assume I'm spiritually deaf cause I'm like, nah, nothing there moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's talk a, a little bit. I know, um, we're running short on time, but let's talk a little bit about your own rhythms. Um, I think something that we will, we're going to try to do this summer as we go through the service or the sermon series is we're going to invite, uh, various folks on to the pod to, to talk about, you know, how they study scripture. What, what do they look for when they're reading? What are their rhythms? What are their, uh, daily habits when they're reading scripture? Um, so I want to start with us. Like what, what, what do you guys do when you're reading? What, what, what are you, what are your rhythms? Yeah. Well, uh, right now, um, I am working my way slowly through the entire Bible because I, we switched to the new living translation a couple of years ago and, uh, here at grace. Mm -hmm. And so I bought a new living translation Bible and it was completely clean and fresh. And so I began, did you have Marin run over it? With her, yeah, with her car a couple times. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I had this. I, picked I like up, the NLT. Sorry, you do or you don't? I do I like it? Oh, a lot. I like it a lot too. But I picked up uh, w- this new technique of using a, f- a multicolored pen, and it's got red, black, green, and blue. I was oh. wondering about that pen. Yeah, and I've only seen one other person in my life with that pen, and that was my beloved grandpa. That was grandpa's favorite pen. They're awesome, because you can switch colors without having yes. to switch, move, you know, change Do you pens. keep it right here in your pocket? I should, too? I would be, <laughs> I should. No, so what I'm doing right now <laughs> is, I, I, each of these colors represents something different, mm-hmm. and uh, like, yeah, what do they mean? Because I tried to do that once, and I was like, oh, I forget what blue means. And yeah, I, yeah. I do that with my um, app, like I highlight oh, things sure, different. in different colors. Totally, and that's exactly what this is, but essentially, uh, black is just basic facts or things that I want to remember. Like, oh yeah, this is the verse that says this number. I want to remember that. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll underline it. Blue this is the one I use the most. This is something that's like a poetic or provocative imagery or something that that evokes thoughts in me or feelings in me. Uh, green is an encouragement or um, something that is is like. So don't be, don't be afraid or mm. go and do this or, or care for the poor, whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's green and red is the opposite. It's a warning or a challenge mm-hmm. or, or, mm-hmm. and sometimes something that I struggle to understand or, or something I'm, I'm wrestling with. So what I'm doing is I'm going through, I've, I've done like all but one book in the new Testament. I've done half the Psalms, all of Isaiah, half of Jeremiah, all of Ezekiel. And I'm, I'm working my way through different books of the, of the Bible um, so that I can essentially Mark it the mark up the entire book. Yeah, uh, with what each passage does for me, and I'll often draw extra little like things to make it remember, like yeah. mem- memorable and mm-hmm. things like that. Like like Matthew six has a big dollar sign in green right next to it, so and <laughs> yeah. I can flip to that easily. Mm-hmm. And um, so the reason I'm doing that is a lot of world of the text for me. For me, this this is a way of connecting dots. The more if if I read it at a slow enough pace and pay attention to what I'm reading, which I have to do if I'm going to be underlining everything, then 
I all of a sudden I'm starting to make connections with things. And so I'm intentionally picking books that are going to tie into books that I've read before, things that I want to remember. And it's just helping me kind of weave a bigger, hmm. a bigger web of understanding mm-hmm. of what the Bible as a whole says. So that's what I'm in the middle of right now, personally. I think that's the, that's the component I find the most difficult personally is the world of world behind, you know, you can kind of research some stuff and sure. find some stuff pretty easily world in front of, you know, got that. Mm-hmm. But the world <laughs> of, I think is the one that it's, it's a little confusing to me. Sure. I get it. And cause there's a lot to it and there's a lot of different things, mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. different ways you could go. Yeah, because the number one reason people don't read, they say, is because they don't have enough time. Right. And this is saying, well, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Like, right. it's not that you don't have enough time. It's that you don't have enough, like, you're not making you're time. Not, you're not, you're not taking the priority. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like having the Bible app on my phone because, yeah. like, I can choose to go to that over any other app. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that it took away the excuse of not having the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caught. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Maren, what are some of your rhythms? Um, I don't have a set rhythm and I always wish that I was the person that did. Like I get up in the morning and I sit in my favorite spot and I read for 20 minutes or I just, I don't have that. I have a couple of minutes here and a couple of minutes there and kind of squeezing it in again. That's why it's so important for me to always have it. That's mm-hmm. why the, the, the phone became my preferred method of reading because I didn't always have my paper Bible near me, but now I always have my Bible in my pocket. It's, you know, it's always there. But when you're reading, what are you doing? Because I, I feel like you're one of the, you're, you are the person in my life that will just be talking about something and you'll say, well, you know, your eyes like a lamp that provides light for your body. And I'm like, I guarantee yes. I've never said that to you. <laughs> I, it's nice but you, that you, you think know, that. I get what he said. You, you have a pretty great, bank of memorized verses. Yeah. Wow. You do. Thanks guys. You do. Like we'll just be in casual, wow. casual conversation and you'll be like, here's this scripture that I always remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. You guys, this is like a, I see in you yeah. kind of conversation we're having. Cause I don't see that in myself. I don't. And if you guys see that, then that's the Holy Spirit. Have you been tricking us? I've been. Well, you're Holy Spirit. And then y'all. Yeah. So when you are reading though, what, what are you looking for? What are you doing in your head or your heart? I want to see what God wants to say to me for that time in that it, it, sometimes it's applicable to like what I'm going through right now. Lord knows. And most of y'all know I'm going through a lot with my mom being Mm -hmm. ill. So a lot of this, um, trusting him is a theme that keeps coming up in scripture or, um, praying for healing, praying for a miracle or not worrying, you know, all that stuff that's, um, that's there. Um, and so that's, that's kind of right now. I'm not, I'm not reading one book from start to finish right now. I'm, I'm excited that this sermon series throughout the summer is going to help focus my study and my time instead of just scripture here, scripture there, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited that this is going to not just like, it'll give my husband and I something to read together. Like we're never reading the same thing at the same time. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Like even yeah, as yeah. a family focus, I think that that's going to be awesome. Um, and as a staff and as a congregation across mm-hmm. three campuses, I think it's super cool that we'll all be focused in on, on the same stuff. Hmm. So real quick, one of the things that I didn't really touch on in the sermon, but I, I do feel pretty strongly about is the importance of interpreting scripture and sharing scripture as a community. Mm. I don't think we are meant to be islands in this. I think the, the richest uh, interpretations and understandings are going to come when we, when we work together to share 
uh, our own different gifts and perspectives and knowledge. And some, some of us are going to be nerdier behind the world or the world behind the text kind of people. And some of us are going to be more literary, creative of the world Mm -hmm. people. Uh, I think it's good to use our different gifts for each other. So when you're saying that, what popped into my head was Isaiah 46. So just read that sometime. Nuh-uh. Do it. You tell us. No, no, no. I you right. have it uh, right there. It's I'm not going to read the whole thing, but <laughs> your eyes lamp like it's no, it's 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 the last passage you'd ever think to look at when you're thinking about the situation with your mom because the section heading is Babylon's false gods, oh. and so you're like, uh, but what it what? is. <laughs> That inner voice comes out all the time. <laughs> because it, it basically, it's a passage of Isaiah, which was likely written when the Israelites were in exile, when they were far from home, and they had no reason to believe that God would actually come through for them. Mm. But it's God's speaking to them saying, listen to me, descendants of Jacob, all you who remain in Israel. In other words, those who happen to stay home and not be exiled. I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. And then he goes on a little bit later. Remember the things I've done in the past for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass for I do whatever I wish. Mm -hmm. So he says that to his people who have no reason to believe that he has any power left at all. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Yeah. Hmm. There it is. Dividing soul and spirit. Right there. (laughs) It's doing it. (laughs) What does that feel like? (laughs) New sound clip. Yeah, totally. You're you're goldmine today. Uh, All right. Where do we go? Like, what are people supposed to do now? All right. So it's Tuesday. Um, You hopefully joined Barry for this morning's uh, Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. uh, 20 minute. What are we calling it? Like a devotional? I don't. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Devotional, right. whatever. Thing. Um, you've listened to this. Now what are people, like what What else can they do? What else can people do? Uh, I would suggest spend some time with the passage alone. Read it multiple times. Mark it up. Underline it. Ask. Write down the questions you have. What mm-hmm. sorts of things don't you know? Um, and then talk about it with people. Like, Mm-hmm. Either either with your small group or with your family or uh, the people you're sitting next to next weekend or or you know go on to Grace's Facebook page and and get in the conversation there. I don't know. So yeah. in other words, just don't don't leave it once you've read it and studied it a little bit. Actually, spend spend the week, revisit it, talk about it. It doesn't have to take that much time, and I guarantee you're going to get something out of it. So every week, every week we're going to make a post about uh, the scripture that that everybody's reading together for the week. So when you leave church on a weekend, we'll we'll have a we'll have a post up and we're going to pin it to the top of our page. So if you go to Grace Church's page on Facebook, uh, that will be the first thing that you see. So if you want to have conversations or ask questions or see what other people are seeing or reading or thinking about or processing, that will be the place where the conversation throughout the week is happening. Uh, in the meantime, if you just want to like focus on what you're, what you're studying or grow or um, see maybe a little bit of the world behind or the world of the, the grace website, uh, gracechurch.us slash BYOB will have these videos that might give you some, some more insight or deeper, deeper look into, into our reading together. But the conversation itself will be happening on Facebook. 
Yeah, there was a lot of stuff to click on. I found it really helpful. Yeah. How much did you, time did you spend on it? On the website? On uh, this passage. Oh, man. So I started with the handout thing. And so then I went to the website slash BYOB, whatever, watched the two videos that are linked to this week. And it's hard for me to not want to jump ahead because mm-hmm. you, you have laid out like all the weeks yeah. there. Um, so sticking to just this week. It's okay if you jump ahead. No, it's fine. no. no. Just... <laughs> You're binging the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I got stuck on verses 19 to 22 or whatever yeah. um, for about an hour. And it was just, some of it was digging. Some of it was admittedly rabbit trailing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's going to be a struggle for me throughout the summer. Just kind of one thought leading me to another thought. And then I'm kind of ruminating on one thought for maybe longer than I should. That's just, that's, yeah. that's just me though. That's not everybody. Yeah. Did you, did you read Psalm 104, which was recommended on the handout? No. I was too busy looking up pictures no, of lilies. No right, shame, so, no so guilt. The, is the point? Is the point to just do it? I think that's the point. Yeah, like, just do it. Just do it. The point isn't to spend an hour. The point isn't to write everything down. The point is just to to see what's going to happen. Right. Just and do you it. Did, you did the rabbit trails because you were interested in the rabbit trails. I was, and, and it that's was the right way to do it. Yeah, follow it was, your interests. It was a it was a it was an enjoyable hour. I didn't even think I would be doing it for an hour, and then I look up and I'm like, oh man. I gotta go. Like, yeah. and, and that's because I was having a good time. So totally. it feels like you've given us a gift. You this look up be and fun. there's water all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> there's meatballs under couches. And... Yeah. Guys, I'm a mess. All right. So what's ahead? Next week, actually, we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do about next week because with the pod. With the pod because uh I'm gonna be on the beach, guys. I'm going to Florida. Dark waters. Uh a little lighter than the lake. Okay. <laughs> the ocean, but uh still very dark waters emotionally. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what we're going to do. Barry's going to be gone. It might just be Marin. No. Or or we might just do like a shorter truncated yeah, version where we we'll just re- talk about the past. Yeah, maybe we'll record something before, but uh, there will be between Sundays in some form or fashion <laughs> next week. So uh, I'm really excited about this sermon series. I think that uh, it's, it's asking people to to go a little deeper than maybe I've ever gone. And so I think that it'll be really interesting to see how as a community we move forward throughout this summer. How we grow, grow, grow. Yeah. What? <laughs> Read your Bible, pray, pray every, every day. day. And you'll grow. 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 And we'll see you on the other side <laughs> of Sunday. <laughs>